Welcome to the Go Abundance Podcast, the audio channel for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic lives. You know, the problem with most successful guys is they are awesome, yet at the same time, they suck. <laughs> They're too one-dimensional. Like, they have big, fat money, but also a big, fat gut. <laughs> or the opposite. They may look good as hell naked, but if you look in their savings account, they're as broke as a $3 watch. Some may have both muscle strength and financial strength, but they've been divorced five times and their kids don't even speak to them. Some have huge smiley family portraits in their foyer, but not a single friend that's honest and objective with them. Some may be gregarious as hell, surrounded by people and hugs galore, but their charitable giving is shameful. Come on, man. Really? That's all you gave back? I think you get my point by now. At GoBundance, we know we're not perfect, but our goal is to be better. Better multidimensionally in six simple categories. We call these our pillars. Number one, horizontal income. Number two, age-defying health. Number three, bucket list adventures. Number four, genuine contribution. Number five, authentic relationships. And number six, extreme accountability. So speaking of number six, let's dig into this week's interview with a GoBro. And you can tell me. Is he walking the talk or is he a false prophet? <laughs> Have you dreamed of being part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but maybe you're just not quite there yet on the balance sheet. You haven't hit that million dollar net worth, but you understand the value of being part of this community and part of this brand and why the six pillars are so important and they're important to you. Well, we've got a great opportunity for any one of you out there that are seeking one day to be whole life millionaires and join GoBundance. That is our Emerge program from GoBundance. My name is Jamie Gruber. I'm host of the GoBundance podcast, founder of the Emerge program, and I'm proud to say that we've been able to put a couple of hundred students through the Emerge program with stellar results. They've been able to achieve goals, transform their lives, and get to the next level of life that they aspire to simply by being part of this incredible program. With the Emerge program, we have three objectives. The first is to create transformation. You're going to establish a goal at the very beginning of this 12-week course, and every week you're going to get a content drop. You're going to get curriculum. You're going to get support from the community in you achieving that goal by the end of the 12 weeks. Along with that, our second objective is proximity. You're going to have proximity to like-minded people just like you, people that you don't have in your regular life right now that you can relate to and talk about what it is you're trying to achieve in life. And they're going to hold you accountable to whatever you say you want to do or better yet, whoever you say you want to be. With proximity also comes the GoBundance community. Every Tuesday evening, we bring in a GoBundance member and we Q&A them in our millionaire case study segment. Right before that, you get to hang out with your fellow Emerge members on Tuesday evening. And Thursday morning, Diego Corzo comes live to you to teach you about different areas of being a whole life millionaire. And lastly, our third objective, we're going to be watching. We want to make sure you're accountable to achieving what you want and finishing this course. And if you do you'll get an exclusive invite to our Ascend Mastermind where we can really dive in and dig deep on getting you to that whole life millionaire status. Go to GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Put in coupon code Emerge for $200 off this one-time charge and lifetime access to the Emerge program. You won't regret it. Check out what it's done for other people on the website, and I hope to see all of you in Emerge.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to the GoBundance Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber, and today we've got an amazing guest, a guy I've gotten to know a little bit over the last couple of years. He's an investor. He's an entrepreneur. He's the founder of Allied Development and his education company, Vestrite, the one and only Cody Bugen. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into a little bit more about this. Allied Development, Vestrite, all of what you do. I know you're in the land space, but give us your, your story. What's your kind of background all the way up through, through today? Background, clear back to childhood. I'll try to bullet point it. Is that what you want me to do? Let's do it. Yeah, bullet point me okay. back to, to one-year-old. One-year-old. Well, I, I, I don't have a lot of memories of my childhood, part of it because there there's a lot of bad ones. But uh, I grew up in a small little town in, in Oregon called Damascus, Oregon. Tiny little population. I'm sure you can find that on a map. I think the first streetlight was put into that city about the time I was moving out of the city. Grew up in a... We weren't... We're probably lower middle class, uh, definitely financial struggles. But my dad did teach me. My dad taught me more what not to be than what to be. Let me say that again. He taught me more what not to be than what to be, meaning what I, how, what I watched him do and act and behave. It was Most of it is what I didn't want my life to be. But one thing I will tell you he did teach me, though, is he did teach me work ethic. So... You know, when I was still at home, you know, I used to go out and, you know, frame with my dad. He was a framer, you know, he'd do remodels, do demos, this, that, and the other. But so anyways, yeah, I grew up in that small little town, you know, probably when I was in my, my first kind of um, entrepreneur spirit was there was this tiny little flea market in our small little town. And I used to go down there. I think I was maybe 11 or 12. I used to go down there. I collected baseball cards, basketball cards. I used to go down there and set up a little booth and buy and sell and trade sports cards. So mm. that, that's, that's what I think I first got a hint of it, but I was always driven by just, you know, business. And I was interested about business. I remember, I believe I was either the guy or the, the, the runner up of like, um, and I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, but like most highest probability of being, successful or something like that. Right. Yeah. And, and the, but the, here's why they all thought that of me. Okay. They all thought that of me because what I did in high school was I bought and sold cars. And so I was always buying and selling cars. I was always driving a different car and it seemed like the next car I was driving was always nicer than the prior. And so everybody saw me that as like this wheeler dealer guy. Right. But I'm going to tell you the bullet points from, from kind of high school, through where we are today, just bullet point. First bullet point, got my high school girlfriend pregnant. Instead of going off to college, I went into the flooring union so that I, so that I could qualify for health insurance to be able to pay for my baby. I got married right out of high school at 19, right? Next bullet point, I stayed in the flooring industry, uh, wanted to get, I, was, I, was, I had a vision of how I was going to go from installing kind of labor to sales, to management, to owning my own store. And I, I set those ground rules quickly. And a gentleman in the, when I was 19 years old, 1920, January of 1998, uh, a guy saw potential in me and he started mentoring me the best way he knew how, gave me a ton of, he didn't hold me back. He didn't put the reins on me. He just let me do my thing. And so I stayed there for five years, 
took that business from doing, you know, I don't know, I think, don't hold me to this, 70 grand a month or something like it was. And then by the time I left, I was running the company and we were doing a million a month. So, uh, so I did that for the first five years. At that point, I started my, my land development home building business. Killed it. Just killed it. But I failed at the same time because I neglected, neglected my family because I was a workaholic. Mm. Uh, got my shorts cleaned in 2007, 08. Um, didn't go bankrupt like a lot of the guys around me. But, uh, but I lost 90% of my net worth. And, tooth, and, and that was very hard. To, um, but here the thing is, I was a snot-nosed punk, okay? Mm -hmm. I didn't have mentors around me, around me. I thought I was the smartest thing since, or the best thing since sliced bread because I was 28 years old, worth eight figures, living in a mansion-type home, and just, just an idiot, right? But I learned a lot more losing it than I ever did making it. And I'm glad I did lose, lose it. Like it, it was very, it's made me part of who I am today. Then I bought into an online health and fitness company when real estate was down, which I shouldn't have done. I should have went and went after all the distressed deals in real estate here again, didn't have mentors. Uh, so I did that. I was the CEO of that company. Real estate came back 2011, started home building, developing again. My door got knocked on in 2012, kind of finding out there was two IRS agents at my front door and I was guilty of what's called structuring and I faced five years in prison. And what would happen is, is when the market started crashing, I started selling all my toys and, and putting cash in my safe and I had bills of sales for all of it. I had everybody pay me in cash. It was all after tax dollars. I kept a log of all the cash I put in my safe, all legit money. Go to put that cash back in the system when real estate's coming back. My buddies say, Cody, don't go put that much cash in the system. IRS is going to be all over you. So they're like, put it in in small amounts, numerous banks, keep it under 10 grand so you don't have to fill out the form. I do that, come to find out that's illegal. Um, it's a felony. Didn't know it, but I still committed it. Went through a horrible part of my life right through there. I What I call my loser stage where I was getting drunk three, four nights a week, um, just trying to escape reality. Um, which by the way is one of my pet peeves. I don't have a lot of sympathy for the victim mentality. There are true victims out there. Um, but for the most part, when we go through trials and tribulations, we have a choice to come out the other side, stronger, more powerful. We reflect back, we learn, we grow, or we come out the other side, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves and being little bitches. So, and, and, and I was, I was being a hypocrite because I was, I was using the bottle because I was wanting to escape reality. So went through that into that deal. The way that ended is I didn't go to prison. I, 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 um, we reached a settlement. I took a misdemeanor and they got to keep all the cash. Cause what I didn't realize is before they knocked on my door, they went in and took all the cash out of the banks. Wow. So that was the deal. Even though they knew it was all after tax dollars, all legit money, they, they still, I still committed a crime. Right. So, so anyways, that's that deal. What else, what are bullet points have happened in my life? Those are big bullet points, but continue. Please. Yeah, yeah, big bullet yeah. points. In 2000, uh, let's see, 2019, I decided, well, I'm missing one big bullet point. I went through a brutal money-grabbing divorce, okay? That was also part of that loser stage. 2016, though, my life changed. One is I met my wife today, who I now have a beautiful little baby girl with. 
I also have an older children, a 23 year old son and a 19 year old daughter. And, um, but in 2016, I heard a sermon at church and it was a sermon I'd never heard before. And it was just because you believe doesn't mean you have faith. And I always looked at believing and faith as the same thing. Mm. And, and, and they're, they're far, far different. And so I realized I was a control freak. I realized I was trying to control everything in my life and that was robbing me of my peace. And I really started exercising my faith muscle. And through that, I'm able to truly, I don't think you can find true peace in life without faith. And I'm not just talking spiritual faith. I'm talking about faith in anything in your life. Like this shirt I have on is my vest, right? My education company we'll get to in a minute. And one of the sayings on here is believe action faith. Okay. Well, in life, or let's talk about the church for a second. A lot of times they skip over the action part. It's believe in faith. And so what people use faith as a crutch. And if it's, it was meant to be, it'll be right. Like whatever. At the end of the day, you need to believe in whatever it is you're wanting to accomplish. You need to get up every morning and hoe your field. You need to do your part, which is action. And then you have to have faith that you're not in control of everything. And yes, you do your part through action, but the vegetation is not up to you. You don't, you're not in control of everything. And so through that, I found tremendous peace, changed my life. I gave up the bottle. I was worried about that I was an alcoholic. Through exercising that faith muscle, through realizing I'm not in control, I knew I was in control, but giving up trying to control everything, man, it was easy to give up the bottle. I wasn't an alcoholic that I was concerned about. F fell in love with my wife today. I had been fixed for 15 years. I got a reversal, had a child with her. She had never been married, never had kids. My 18-month-old Avery completely transformed my life. I had this visual of my life prior to that of 40 and free, meaning that I, my kids were gone you know, out of the house basically when I'd be 40 and I'd have all the money that I'd know what to do with and I was just going to have a heyday. That painting was a disgusting painting. Not disgusting. I take that back. It was a selfish painting that I had painted for myself, this visual painting. Yeah, I think you may have heard this story, but it was it was... It was, it was selfish. There was no fulfillment. There was no purpose. There was no impact. There was no, there was no giving back, making a difference. None of that crap was in that painting. It was me living a rock star lifestyle that was all selfish driven. My baby girl, Avery, has and my wife have totally transformed the way I'm living my life today, which I'm more about impact, fulfillment, make a difference, right? Purpose, you know, all, all those wonderful big concepts. And so I'm repainting this new painting for my life, this visual painting. And it's just, it's creating, I'm going to create a great legacy. And, and that's my goal. So, which then led to my company, Vestrite, my education company that I started in 2019. Vestrite's a big part of my purpose. It's me taking what I've done for the last 20 years and putting it out to the marketplace. I'm not just educating or teaching. The big thing is, though, is I'm educating and teaching on what I actually do. A lot of, you know, what I actually do. And it's a blue ocean opportunity. Um, me and not a lot of guys do what I do. Like take Go Abundance. I, I don't know another guy in Go Abundance that does what I do. Me neither. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think you're the only one. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it's been a blue ocean opportunity for Vestrite as well because we're teaching. There's no one else teaching what we're teaching. Okay. And so as I do masterminds, you know, in small groups with the students or as they go through our course and I hear their testimonials, it's just, it's huge, man. I'm, I'm making a difference. And it's, it's, um, Vestrite truly is 
turning more and more into a, like a passion project for me. Yeah. And it's a big part of my purpose. And so where we're at today, we're in the process of trying to scale Vestrite. I hired a CEO in my development company six months ago. Uh, we were in only in Oregon, Washington, Idaho. Now we're in the process of scaling across the country into numerous um, states and cities based upon where people are migrating. You know, there's more migration happening right now in our country than I've ever seen. And, um, and, uh, and that's all possible because of my CEO. My biggest takeaway in 2020 is that I needed to get out of the way. Uh, my company, I was holding my company back. I'm not an executive. I, 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 I'm supposed to be in that visionary box, right? I'm a visionary. I'm a creative. And so for the last 20 years, my companies have been held back because of me. Um, through bringing a, bringing a CEO just six months ago, the company's bigger today than it's ever been. And um, I'm able to stay in my flow, in my purpose, in, in my giftings. And um, we're also opening our first fund ever uh, next week. And so we're going to, we've always done friends and family money and my own capital. And we're finally growing up a little bit and becoming a legit company. And so we have the fund going, which is exciting. And um, doing a deal right now in Texas. First deal I've done in Texas. We're looking at deals in Alabama, Florida, Arizona. And it's just, it's, um, it's been really neat to, to separate my identity from the company's identity. Basically up until this CEO, I was, my business was basically looked like a doctor or a dentist, a practitioner where it was me. The company was me and I had a bunch of admins around me, yeah. right? Supporting me. And I've now come to realize, you know, my identity's here and the company's identity's here. And I've separated the two and we're, we're seeing amazing things happen because of it. Boy, that lands with me. Uh, your point about I'm the company and I've got all the support around me. That's a, a learning I'm going through right now. So I appreciate you saying that. That just makes it real, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. On Vestrite, real quick, I just wanted to point this out because I've seen uh, uh, some of the content that you put out. I don't know where you would direct folks if it's LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever platform. You can do that here in a moment. But I know at least on LinkedIn, maybe it was other places, I saw this great video uh, of you just at a site, uh, owned a piece of land for, I don't know, five, five and a half years. I think it was part of your land bank. Um, just a big, what I would look at, I drive by it all the time, a big overgrown patch of land that I would never think <laughs> like, what, what's the point of buying that? But you talked about, I think that uh, the value of it is 90% more than what it was when you bought it. Yeah. There's an adjacent piece of land that you can, I mean, it was actually real two minute video, tons of value. Is that where people should look for best, right? Look for you a little bit. LinkedIn, like what, give us some, some stuff. On yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, go to the best place to, if you want to go do one of my, here's where I'd go. Let's just start here. Yeah. yeah. I want to get this. I'm going to send you to a link where you're going to get a free report. Okay. Yep. And you'll probably learn more in that free report than you've ever known about MySpace, which MySpace is I know how to find off-market deals. I don't do any on-market deals. Everything's off-market. We have in-house acquisitions. We don't rely on real estate agents. We love them, but we don't rely on them. And we do off-market deals. It's all raw land that has development potential. And we know how to take that raw land, get it through the political approval process, either sell at that point or develop it, sell the finished lots and or build the houses. So that's what we do. Go to, go to, go to vestrite.com slash land 101. Okay. Vestrite.com slash land 101. Put in your name and email. Yep. We're going to put you on our list, but we're going to give you a great report. 
You're going to learn a ton. And from there, if you want to buy one of our courses, great or whatever. If, you just, if you're just looking for it to, to see some of our posts, you know, best place is Facebook. So um, on Facebook, it's, it's Cody Bugen, my name, which you can see in the bottom, bottom corner, and then Dash Vestrite, V-E-S-T-R-I-G-H-T. And, um, and, you know, we're, we're constantly posting in there. And, yeah, you, you can get a gist of what we do and, and what we stand for. No, I like it. I wanted to talk about this now. I, I, there's so much to your, to your story I want to dissect, but I wanted to talk about this now because I, to your point about making impact, I, I've learned that the best impact I make is by connecting those that make impact with others, right? You, yeah. for those that, uh, Cody and I have met a, a couple of times at events. And I mean, man, when I was starting Emerge, you gave me I mean, playbook for me, to, for me to follow in how to build Emerge effectively. And I used a lot of that. So again, yeah. you're just sort of a giver in that regard. You spoke to the uh, Emerge and Ascend groups recently, kind of, I guess, yeah. you know, full circle and the amount of value you gave there. And then again, the, the, the post just, just simply following some of your social media stuff or some of the, some of the, the stuff that you just gave us, yeah. there's so much value in there. So for those out there that are looking at, you know, land or, or, you know, where do I, where do I go here? I know I want to be, I want to build income and build wealth, but where do I go? And land is even interesting to you. Best right's definitely the place to be as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I want to make sure we got that out there. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And I will tell you, and we've all heard it, but I don't know that we all believe it. I'm now living it and I'm seeing it firsthand. The last year and a half, I've been very little focused on, I've been more focused on outflow, giving back, making a difference than ever. Yeah. And it is crazy how the money and all that, it just happens, right? Yeah. And, and so it's, I'm living it and I'm loving it. The, uh, and I'm thankful. I'm very, yeah, thankful. no, no. It's funny you say that. I, you know, my story, many have heard, you've heard is leaving my job, uh, without, you know, a job behind it, but I'm leaning into, you know, this emergency end thing, real estate, all the things that I do. But to your point, yeah, I've, I've read books on it. I've thought about it. I've taken action around just like, I don't really just give whatever you can. And to your point, it's like, you know, 15,000 there and it's just things pop up and it's not like mm -hmm. magic of, you know it's really not like when you can trace it you can actually track it mm -hmm. but it's not the intent behind it i'm not saying like, yeah All right, let me just give everything i can because i know that you're gonna yeah 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 that no one's not gonna bless gonna that you don't right. give to get correct correct you give to give there's actually a great book and i mentioned this other thing on another podcast give and take by uh, adam grant uh, andrew babson is a gobro recommended that to me and it really brings all of that he, 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 he quantifies a giver, a taker, and then a matcher, the person who gives to yeah. get kind of thing. Really, really interesting read. I'll, I'll leave it there. But uh, Yeah, and remember, giving is not just financial. Giving is also of your time, right? 100%. So in a lot of ways, I look at Vestrite as me giving. It's me giving of my time. Yes, we get paid on courses and masterminds and all that, but we make way, way more money over in our business, right, right. in doing what we teach. So, but it's, 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 I don't get the same fulfillment in my development business as I do invest right. So makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Let's dissect some of this stuff. And I, I'm not exactly where to start. Or sure where to start, but I'm going to go back <laughs> to kind of the beginning. Um, you said for your dad, you learned what not to do. What are yep. some things not to do that you learned? If you don't mind diving into that a little bit. Oh yeah. Or not to be, I should say, not to be. What not to be? Well, see, I grew up just transparently sharing with you, I grew up in a verbal, physical, emotional 
abusive environment. I was extremely fearful of my father. I remember when I was a kid, I, I begged my mom to divorce my dad, right? Wow. She didn't. She never did. But my dad, extremely negative. You know, sees, sees the glass half empty versus half full. Has a victim mentality. Probably the reason why I, that's one of my pet peeves. He, he talks. Talk, talk, talk versus walk. I have other people in my life that are that way. Drives me nuts. Like, just quit talking unless you're going to go do it. Okay? Yeah. Just go do it, and then we'll talk about it. And which leads me to I, something I said to a buddy of mine at lunch last week. I said, dude, and it's in a different, related to a different context, but, you know, so many people that want to do it, and they talk about doing it, but they never do it. It's because they never give themselves permission to do it. They never empower themselves to do it. Is, you know, we all grow up in a certain way, a certain environment, influences, whatever, and, and that it's made us who, into who we are and it's created the mindset that we have. But have you ever thought about truly giving yourself permission or empowering yourself to pivot, to, to break the mold? is that a lot of us, because of the environments we grew up in or the mentalities we are taught, we're not on a path, we're in a rut. And so give yourself permission or empower yourself to get out of that rut onto a path. I love throwing around little, these little thoughts I have in my head. But, you know, so what I decided when I was in my teens, I didn't have it all formatted the way I communicated it just now, but I knew that I wanted to pivot, that I wanted to do something different, that I wanted to change the legacy. And I mean, I could go on and on and on, but he, um, he, uh, I'll give you an example. Early eighties, late seventies, early eighties, my dad got whooped. He was a tiny little home builder, never could scale or do anything of volume because he didn't trust anybody. So he wouldn't delegate. So he had to drive every nail himself right? As, as an illustration. Yep. And when, when he got whooped, he could never pull the trigger again. He could never, he, he, that point on just had whatever jobs and he just, he could never pull the trigger again. All right, go bros. We have our 2022 couples trip of a lifetime. Here's the deal. When you think romance, the one country that comes to mind, we are talking about Italy. Here is the epic itinerary. Day one. This is April 1st, 2022. We're going to arrive in Florence and take a private transfer to the city center. There, we're going to go on a guided walking tour of Florence. We're going to discover all kinds of ancient beginnings where we'll finish the day with a welcome dinner at a local restaurant day two after breakfast we're going to visit some historic workshops and learn about the ancient florentine artisanal tradition then enjoy a special leather hands-on workshop in the afternoon challenge yourself to a hands-on tuscan food cooking class and then feast on your creations for dinner day three april 3rd we're hitting the countryside in the company of your local art historian guide visit a galleria commissioned in 
1960, Leonardo da Vinci, Botticelli, Tizzanio, Michelangelo, all have hung out in this joint here. After lunch, at your leisure, travel to the Tuscan countryside and check out your hotel and dinner at the Inner Restaurant. Day 4. A full day excursion to Siena. Today, soak up the medieval flavor of the city on this walking tour through city center. See Palazzo Publico, the colorful marble-clad cathedral, and Piazzo del Campo, one of Italy's most beautiful squares. Then we're going to hit a leisurely bike ride through the vineyards, blanketing the surrounding landscape. Day 5. We are going to start the day by driving Fiat 500 cars along the enchanting roads of gorgeous Tuscan countrysides. And we're going to land in the Bocelli Vineyards. Yes, the Andrea Bocelli. His family is going to serve us wine and, and an incredible meal. Day 6. Transfer to Rome with a stopover in Orvieto. Orvieto is one of the most striking, memorable, and enjoyable hill towns in central Italy. Less than 90 minutes from Rome, it sits majestically high above a valley floor atop a big chunk of Tufo volcanic stone. After lunch, we continue on to our hotel in Rome's historic center. Day 7. Wake up early and see the Sistine Chapel. Marvel at some of the world's most spectacular works at the Vatican Museums. Then visit St. Peter's Square in its soaring basilica. Of course, we will not miss the iconic Colosseum, the massive amphitheater that accommodated 50,000 spectators with gladiators prepared for battle. Next, be thrilled by a specially arranged visit inside formerly the Temple of Antonius. Here, enjoy a lecture on ancient Rome given by a prominent Roman art historian. Day 8, we reach Tivoli and visit the amazing Hadrian's Villa. After lunch at an enchanting local restaurant, we turn to Rome for a leisurely stroll through the charming neighborhood of Trastevere one of Rome's most authentic and vibrant areas. This epic adventure for you and your significant other covers all internal transfer, incredible, highly rated boutique accommodations. If you're ready to wow your significant other and show him or her how much you really love them, get signed up for Italy 2022. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. So, to give me an example. In 2007, when I got whooped, the first thing I did was try to go find an opportunity of how quickly I could pull the trigger again. Yeah. Because I didn't want to live in 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 a, any type of victim mentality. So, 
I mean, I, I'm all over the place here, but I mean, I give you some things there of definitely some things I learned from, from my father. I think that's the key is to your point, you, you, it's actually, and, and I guess there's a blessing in this because not everybody would, some people become their environment, right? You looked at your environment and said more like, that's not what I want. I don't want to, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, put my tail between my legs at the first sign of defeat. Um, yeah, I want to thrive. I want to move forward. I want to grow. Um, so no, I think that's a, an incredible lesson. Incredible. And one of my biggest strengths is I execute and sometimes too quickly, but I, I execute very quickly and I move with speed. A lot of the GoBros actually compliment me for it. Like my GoPod, how quickly I execute. And sometimes I, it's, it's a negative because I execute too quickly, but I think it's another thing I learned what not to be, right? I watched my, my dad where he would talk, but never walk, right? He would never execute. And so now I execute with the best of them. And so you, you take those times, those things you, you, it's okay to see what you saw and take it as a learning moment to do just the opposite. Uh, now, because I grew up in a shitty environment in a lot of ways, I still have some of that in me, right? I've been through counseling, lots of it, but there's still like my instant reaction a lot of times is ingrained into us based upon how we were raised. Now I, I don't, I'm learning more and more not to, not to act on those feelings or thoughts or emotions. Yep. But they're still in there. Right. So yeah, there you well, go. How do you govern that? So, cause I'm, I'm similar and maybe this is you counseling me right now, right now, but I'm similar in that, um, you know, kind of, uh, we call in the emergence that we call it ready, fire, aim, right. It just seems to be yeah. the, the way, the way it is like, okay, go and then figure it out after the fact, but that creates ADD to some extent. I don't want to yeah. bastardize the term, but you know what I mean? It, it creates yes. like, okay, yes. now I've got 12 different things I'm involved in. So yes. you're a, an action based go now kind of guy. How do you avoid spreading yourself too thin? How do you avoid putting yourself in situations that, you know, later yeah. on now you can't deliver? So I have this thing that I, I believe, and it's, uh, if we have time today, I'll share a huge aha that I had related to this exact topic of how I'm going to create substantial horizontal income without getting outside of my lane. I play in an ordinary income space, mm -hmm. but I'm going to create crazy horizontal without getting out of my lane at all. So what I constantly am am thinking about before I make a move is, is this a shiny object? Am I getting outside of my lane? Am I getting out of my flow? And if I am more than likely, I won't go do it now. So I try to stay within my flow, within my lane and execute quickly in that environment. But, and, and I did a post about this six months ago or something. One thing I've been guilty of in my past, and I'm trying to break myself of it, is comparing myself to others, right? And, oh, that guy's doing this. I should go do that. Or, hey, he's, oh, man, why aren't I where he's at? Or, you know, just horrible. I mean, it's just, talk about abusing yourself. And so uh, I've really tried to break myself of that because, you know, I think I can go do anything that I put my mind to, right? Or that I... And, but it's like, just because that's his model doesn't mean I need to do his model plus my model, plus your model, plus five, like just stay in your model. Just whatever your model is, just commit to that model. And to me, that is the big, one of my 
big learning lessons is just to stop all that. Reality is, is what I do. It's a niche thing. Very few people know how to do it and just to optimize the hell out of it. I like that. Yeah, it's funny. The, um, I got advice from a GoBundance guy uh, recently and it was really pointed. It was like, you know, Dude, don't don't compare your chapter four to your, somebody else's chapter fourteen. Because and he made yeah. the point like who specifically I might be comparing to. It's like okay, well, did you have this relationship that you were born into? Did you have you know this particular yeah. leg up? Did your parent were they in this industry that you were able to you know like yeah? You have your story, right? You have yeah. your circumstance. Just do you, right? Be you. Yeah. Easier said than done. To your point. Yes. Uh, but I, you're right. The root of I think that. That shotgun approach is probably a lot of, you see all this other stuff, how business acquisition, land, this, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You just want to go into all these different areas because all these other smart people are doing it. I can do that too. And you end up building a bunch of half-built bridges. So now that makes perfect sense. I want to go back to, and then I I do want to hear the the story on horizontal income. I want to hear more to it. But uh, believe action, believe action and faith. Yeah. I don't know exactly how I want to ask this, and hopefully you grasp what I'm what I'm trying to get at. But can you take me through? You started to describe belief, faith, the difference between those two things, but you have that in order, correct? Believe, yeah. action, faith. Yeah. How do you create belief in whatever it is? Like, give me an. Can you give me something tangible or tactile around? Like, what does that mean? Is it a vision that you create? Like, how do you create belief and then take us through to action and then through to how that manifests in faith or how you create faith? I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So where I, where this philosophy started was in my spiritual life. Okay, let's just start there. So I believe in Jesus, right? I, you know, I'm a Christian. So the belief part of that's very simple. That's just, I, I believe in the Bible, right? I believe the Lord died on the cross for me. I, you know, and I, I was trained in that and, and I, and I believe it, like I believe it. We'll, we'll go talk about what that maybe relates to and maybe business. Okay. In a second. And so then, and then faith is faith that, you know, the Lord's in control, right? You're not in control faith that faith in him, right? The, but where I was always frustrated in the spiritual side of things is, is that religious people often use faith as a crutch, is that if it's meant to be, it'll be. And that's why I threw the word action in the middle, because you still have to do your part. You still have to hoe your field, right? But then the faith comes in is that you hoe your field, you do your part, but the vegetation's up to the Lord. That's how it all started, Right. But then as I started working through this philosophy, I realized it's the case in anything in life, right? My business, okay, when I, when I was in the flooring industry and my com- the company I was running, we were servicing all these large developers and home builders, right? We were, we were doing all their interior design and, and their floors and counters and all that. And I saw what these guys were doing and their lifestyle and the businesses they were building and I decided to jump and go for it in 02 when I was 24, 23, 24 years old. Well, where the belief comes in is I first had to believe in myself that I could do it, right? Like I had to give myself permission. I had to empower myself, right, in this vision I had. I had... I. Here's what separates 
the, the guy that maybe kills it to the guy that doesn't, the guy that's successful, the guy that doesn't, is the confidence, right? Is the self-doubt's a killer, right? Insecurity's a killer. And I will tell you, I struggle with it here and there. I struggle with, with, with um, insecurity. Not often, but here and there I do. And it's a killer. Like you've got, and to me, I'm trying to force myself today. I'm learning this directly to me. Me believing to go big, go big. Like I've all, I've, I had a limiter on me of how cool of a company I could build, right? Size wise, impact wise, whatever. And so it's me getting into my mindset and figuring out how to give myself permission or empower myself to go accomplish what it is that I struggle believing I can accomplish. And so just the word permission has been a big one for me uh, in the last year. Like, why couldn't I do it? Right. I mean, the only reason I couldn't do it is because of myself. And it's because I'm not giving myself permission or empowering myself to go do it. Makes perfect sense. Sorry, I was writing that word down. Permission. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. powerful. No, and I, I think that. we talk about empowering our people around us, our teams, our staff, or whatever. But how often do you think about empowering yourself? You know, I, I, I can tell you I haven't really thought a lot about that until I came across this idea. Uh in the recent past, you know, that I need to empower myself more. Makes perfect sense. No, I appreciate that. There's a couple of other spots that I might dive into, but I want to respect the one sheet portion. I want to hear the horizontal income part as well. Yep. Um, yep. So let's dive into, into that. We're going to go pillar by pillar. I start with horizontal income and let's start with the story. Actually, before I get into any of these kind of technical questions, let me hear more about this. Uh, this oh, yeah, okay. idea, so, if you will, the horizontal income. <laughs> So horizontal income is something that up until just recently, I've failed miserably. I've created all kinds of ordinary income, right? Many, many, you know, multi-million dollar years. But I had never got my arms around the horizontal, passive, residual, whatever you want to call it. I've just never really got my arms around it. And it's because... I was going to have to go outside of my business model to do it or, and I hadn't really gotten my arms around the idea of being a passive investor in someone else's deal until GoBundance. Mm -hmm. So kudos to GoBundance. I, I've been in GoBundance for, I don't know, two or three years or something. And I had really never been exposed to GPLP syndication, didn't really know cap rates and NOIs, net operating income. Like I just wasn't my world. And so I had never really created that type of income. I was always just making big money and putting that money into what I do. And, and you know, because remember, we were doing it with our own capital or sure. some friends and family. And then I had this aha moment. Oh, I'm so excited about this aha moment. I had this aha moment. I don't know what it was, maybe six months ago, where I was like, okay, here's what I know. Whoever controls the deal or whoever controls the dirt controls the deal. Pure and simple, whoever controls the dirt controls the deal. Well, I see everybody kicking each other's teeth in on these on-market, you know, value-add deals. You know, every, you know, and 
I have a, don't get me wrong. Please don't take this the wrong way. I have a bunch of great buddies that are syndicators. Great, great buddies of mine. But like fixing, flipping homes or wholesaling houses, it was like everybody, there was, there was one of those on every other street corner. Everybody and their mom was fixing, flip or wholesaling houses. Well, now I'm seeing that same thing happen with multifamily or store, whatever, syndication. Like everybody and their mom's a freaking syndicator. And so, and they're all doing on-market deals and they're all kicking each other's teeth in and there's these crazy low cap rates happening and you got to pull off a certain level of value add and, and, and rent appreciation for these deals to really be magical, okay? So, well, what about this? So one of my good, good buddies is Ken McElroy. I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah. he's, he's a big baller syndicator. Oh, yeah. And, um, and uh, I think he owns 10,000 units now or something. And he, he, uh, he's breaking ground on seven new projects, new construction, I think. It's seven. Or I could be wrong. I could quote that wrong. But so he sees, so he's doing these deals where he's taking this raw land and they're turning it into a brand new, you know, multifamily or whatever, and they're keeping them, right? Mm-hmm. Well, hmm, very few guys know how to find off-market deals and very, even fewer know how to get through the political approval process, you know, the land use process, entitlements, design review, all, whatever you want to call it. There's all these different political approval processes you have to go through. Well, hmm, maybe what I'll start doing is going and finding off-market deals and running the political approval process for multifamily storage. Those are the two main that I'm, that I'm thinking about now. Recently, as of recent couple of months, I have now guys hitting me up to do single family rental communities. And so, hmm, okay, so I'm going to go find these deals. I'm going to take them through the approval process. And then what I'm going to do, instead of exiting, I'm going to roll in to being a part of the GP side of that transaction and now I got horizontal income happening and I don't have to get outside my lane at all. I just continue to do what I do and what I'm really good at. And so that's my plan for horizontal income. And I, I have a, my first initial goal is to have a hundred deals like that across the country. How long? And, and yeah. um, what was that? How long will that take you? Do you think? I don't know. Um, probably 10 years? 10 years, but I'll, 10 years? Ten years, but I'm going to push for five. The I'm actually I'm doing my first one with a GoBro, uh, and so that that's cool. And you know, he, he, I found the deal off market. They don't, you know, they don't run in the knowing the political approval process. So I'm doing all that, and then they will um, they'll operate it, and I'm in the GP. Mm-hmm. So super excited about that. Plus, I also invested in my first ever passive deal where I'm on the LP side, limited partner on the passive side into another GoPro into one of their deals. So I'm slowly growing up. Okay. It's uh, yes, I'm 43 and I should have figured this, maybe figured this out 20 years ago, but at least I figured it out at 40 and three instead of 93. And I will tell you for all the young people that are maybe listening today or that I'm around and go abundance or any of the other masterminds I'm a part of, like I celebrate you, you young people, I celebrate you. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you that you <laughs> that you figured this out so young, like, like just awesome. 
always blows my mind when I see a 26-year-old who's thinking like this, truly thinking like this, not just yeah. regurgitating stuff that they yeah. heard, but they're actually, like you said, executing. It's yeah. like, how did, how? I, I'm 42, yeah. and to your point, I'm just yeah. starting to figure out the way the world works in this regard. Yeah, so. yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, well, let's dive through. We got about 10 minutes that we can go through. We'll kind of rapid fire these uh, uh, one sheet questions. Staying in horizontal income real quick. How many lines uh, of horizontal income do you have right now, would you say? Oh, see, I look at, I'm not very involved in the day-to-day of my businesses. So um, I would say I have five. Okay. And what percentage does that make you? Oh, not very. I, I live a pretty lavish lifestyle. I'm a fifty-four uh, percent. We have T-shirts now. Living big like Bugen. So that's the, uh, 50, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I just made that up now. Just uh, I love it. There you We're go. Gonna make them. We're gonna make those T-shirts. All right. And how, how does your net worth break down generally? Is it uh, mostly real estate? Kind of give us an idea or land. I yeah, say. I mean, let's think about this. So I don't have it broken down, but I would say. 90% of my net worth is real estate, yeah. right? And then I have, you know, just my personal assets, just stuff, right? Cash, gold, um, silver, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I got too, some gold and silver. I got some Bitcoin. I got some Ethereum, yeah. uh, you know, so I got some crypto. But uh, I'm a real estate guy. Oh, and I, I guess I have some money over in stock, you know, mutual funds and, you know, sure. I have a, yeah, uh, an investment account that a guy runs for me. I don't even, be honest with you, I don't even know what I own in it. He just does well, it all. And to your point, you're in your lane. Your lane yeah. is land. And so that's, yeah. where, that's where the majority, yeah. if not most of, well, majority yeah. and most of your net worth is. So it makes sense. Yeah. Onto the health pillar. What's your weight and body fat percentage looking like? So you, you, I'll, I'll, I do not know my body fat percentage, probably on purpose. Yeah. But I'm, uh, so I'm 6'2", 212. Okay. Are you that tall? I guess you are. Yeah. 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 Just the hat. It makes you look shorter. Just <laughs> the baldness, the baldness. Yeah. Better look. Yeah. The better look. Uh, how about exercise? What do you do for exercise right now? So I have eight daily habits I try to hit um, or that I'm trying to hold myself accountable to in my journal, my daily journal. Uh, but I only right now consistently hit four of them. And the four that I hit is, is that I work out each day and I used to go to the gym and pump big, heavy weight and all that. And gosh, I don't even know what I could bench today, but these days, ever since COVID, my wife got, she has, we have a mirror that's called the mirror that's at our house and it's, there's classes and there's exercise. There's all these different types of classes in there. So I do the mirror at home and then we just got a Peloton. I also golf. I, I try to swing the golf club six days a week. Um, a lot of that's practice and then I play each week. And then I also, one of my other daily habits is, is that I try to go on a walk with my family every day. Nice. Nice. All, all healthy things in many ways. And, uh, yes. except for golf, I don't get the, game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand any of you guys that do, but it is what it is. How about diet? What does diet look like? So I owned an online health and fitness company for, I sold it in 2020, I think. Yeah. 20. So I owned that thing for, I think, 11 years. I know diet in and out. Like I know exactly. I, I can drop 30 pounds like that if I wanted to. Yep. So, 
Yeah, that's a great thing, but it's also not a great thing because because I know exactly how to do it, I oftentimes neglect it. So, yeah, sure. I mean, you're not going to catch me running through drive-throughs all the time, or um, you're not going to catch me, you know, eating dessert every night. Or, I mean, I know exactly how to eat. Um, sure. I I understand protein and fibrous carbs and starchy carbs and simple carbs and fat and pro I mean I understand the whole thing so if I was to rate how I eat from a from a healthy standpoint I probably eat 60 uh probably maybe 70 percent healthy nice good for you that's probably better than me at this point right now I feel like I the summertime I always sugar 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 yeah. sugar ice yeah. cream all of that oh yeah in the summer yeah. But uh, I'll get back there. All right. We talked a little bit about family. Do you know what your life happiness index looks like right now? Yeah, it's 7.41. Okay. Anything that's like particularly low there that you're working on? Um, let's see. Let's just, let me go look at it real quick. Oh, okay. Um, Take a look, yeah. But I, I, there's more than even that. There's probably one thing I want to point out as far as how I look at the life happiness index. And this really helped me tremendously because mm -hmm. I used to be scoring like in the fives until I figured this out. And that is in each of these categories of your life happiness index, you've got to rate it based upon the cards dealt to you. So what I mean by that is like with my relationship with my father, for example, I'm trying to optimize that relationship based upon the boundaries I've created within that relationship. Mm, that makes a lot. So of when sense. I go and give myself a rating in that category, I can't rate it based upon the relationship I see others have with their father. Mm -hmm. I need to rate it based upon how do I optimize and make the most out of the relationship I have with my father based upon the boundaries I have put up to protect my environment. That makes sense. Well, to your point about comparison, right? If you're comparing yes. to the, the ideal father-son that you see in a movie, well, then, yeah, yes. you're a two. But if it's yes. within the confines yes. of, hey, yes. this is how I want to do, and I've, I, have I crept over that line? Have I, have I allowed my boundaries to be breached? Well, yep. then maybe it's lower, but if you're kind of sh short up with what your relationship is, then it's higher. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Makes a lot yep. of sense. Uh, how about giving back? Do you give a target a certain percentage or certain dollar amount per year that you try to give back? Time. So giving is one of my um, purposes. It's one of my my reasons for being here. Is so I will tell you. For me to write checks has always been easy. Sure, uh, it's always been easy for me to to write ch financial checks. So my target is always to 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 give financially at least ten percent of my gross income. Okay. That's not after tax. That's not after all my write-offs. That's not, it's 10% of my gross income, okay, on my tax return, top line on my return, not bottom line on my return. Wow. So I'm not saying t top like revenue sales. I'm saying bottom line of my companies, my income, but not before tax, not before, or not after tax, not after all my write-offs, okay? Got it. So- so that gives you an idea how I give financially. But where I've always fallen short is giving of my time. Mm -hmm. And I giving of your time is much harder in my eyes than giving of money. 100%. And so one of my biggest things in 21 is to 
to increase my time giving. And so, but I also look at Vestrite. A lot of my time I put into Vestrite, I look at as, as giving. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to try to start a mastermind here pretty soon at my church that I'm in discussions with the pastors about. And, and um, yeah, I think that's so important. A lot of guys don't give themselves credit for that. They think soup kitchen, they think, uh, you know, shelter, animal shelter is time, yeah. right? Not yeah. like you said, within your business, the additional time you give it. Like you said, you don't make it, you could, you could stay in your lane on the, on yeah. the land uh, side of things and make more. Yeah. You're not, yeah. not making money here, but you also give a lot of your time when you compare what you could make per hour of. Time. Yeah, yeah, for right. sure. So there's for sure back there. Let's do two more questions. So we broadcast this live exclusively in the Ascend group. They get a sneak peek to the podcast before it goes. Um, and yeah. we, I asked them if they have a question and they have one in here. And this is pretty, pretty quick and easy one, I think. But how much did you save? before you bought or syndicated your first deal? Like, I guess the question is like, what kind of money did you have before you did your first deal? Or was it all friends and family money that you used to do it? So I'm not a syndicator, but when I did my first land deal, I didn't use any of my own money. Or at that time, when I first started, I had a partner for a couple of years. We didn't, we didn't use our money. What we did is we went and tied the deal up. And neither of us had a lot of money, to be clear. Right, right, right. What we did is we tied the deal up. We put together a huge off-market deal and we flipped it, right? Mm -hmm. And we flipped it and we were both so giddy because our first deal we did, we made a million bucks. And, and uh, we, we just by flipping it. Uh, now we didn't get paid until closing that million and the guy saw how giddy we were and excited we were about that payday. So of course he retraded us, renegotiated that fee right before closing. And we obviously did it. I don't remember what it ended up. I think it was still a mid six figure, high six figure payday, but nice. so the answer is zero. Yeah. No money. Yeah. That's, uh, that's incredible. And I think that's kind of what the hope was with that question to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that you yeah. don't need a lot of capital in hand. No, like, you know, you just got to bring value like for cap. So here, I, so I'm going to have to drop, drop this bomb. Cause this is really important. Rant, okay. My friend preach. I am done. Like the reason my businesses are now scaling my company scaling across the country is because I've opened my eyes to we all have our toolbox, okay, of things we carry in our toolbox, the tools we carry. I came to realize just recently this year that the capital tool shouldn't be in my toolbox. Mm. That's not a tool that I carry, okay? There's guys out there that specialize. Those guys, that that's their tool. They invest in other people's deals, yeah. right? So don't try to carry a tool that you shouldn't be carrying, right? My tool is I know how to find off-market deals and I know how to get them through the political process and I know how to develop when need be. Like yeah. that's my tool. That's what I'm an expert at. And so that's my toolbox. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm passionate here because I, I'm done pretending that I carry the capital toolbox, capital tool in my toolbox. It's not. And, and as soon as I figured that out, that's now why my business is able to scale. I like that clarity. Right, clarity on, yep. on on purpose and what you're great at, your gifts specifically. Yeah, gifts in that, I guess, to some extent, but the value you bring, I like that. Use other people's tools, brother. You just find the deal. You put together a smoking deal and use other people's tools. Right, they carry the tool, the capital tool. You don't, and that's okay. You don't have to. Right. 
That's true, especially not in this environment, man. There's money yeah. everywhere. So, all right, let's grab a, a question from the GoBundance card deck. The Queen of Diamonds asks, describe one of your biggest wins in life. Oh, man, one of my biggest wins in life. One of my biggest wins in life that I have purposely allowed myself to get the my arms around being successful in all areas of my life. I am a phenomenal father to my baby girl, Avery. I was not a phenomenal father to my two oldest when they were young. I was a workaholic and all I did was work. And guys can come up with all the bullshit excuses they want of why all they do is work. And at the end of the day, you can go make all the money in the world. All these gurus, influencers I hear talk about grinding and, and all this. Like, dude, I don't care how much money you make or how many followers you have, right? If your kids don't think you're the best father ever and your wife doesn't think you're the best husband ever, and if you aren't in good health and if you don't have hobbies and if you don't have amazing life experiences, guess what? You didn't succeed, right? My friend at lunch this week asked me how I was able to figure it out. And I said, it didn't happen overnight. I had to intentionally be disciplined about breaking myself of bad habits or bad behaviors. And, you know, I was in EO recently and I, I just got out of EO. I just I resigned, but they were, they were doing a kind of a going away conversation with me and one of the guys said the biggest one of the biggest things he got is how much I hammered home be intentional with everything you do in your life right so don't let life happen to you don't just work all the time because you can right be intentional about your hours your days right your weeks your months your years and and for me to get my arms around the idea of being a truly successful man right and trying to you know, hit all points, all pillars. I mean, that's huge, man. I, now I have another shirt that says, what's your legacy, right? Mm. Well, I mean, that's what I want my legacy to be. Yeah, makes perfect sense, man. I like that. That's very powerful. Great way to end this. And one more time, give us the best place to find you, to find Vestrite, whatever. Where yeah, yeah. Uh, go to vestright.com, V-E-S-T-R-I-G-H-T.com. You can go there and check out some of our different courses. If you want to see, just, you know, just hang out with us a little bit, get to know us a little better, go to go on Facebook. It's where we're constantly posting, and it's Cody Bugan and then Dash Vestrite. And, uh, yeah, look forward to you uh, spending time with us, and hopefully we can bring value to your life. I love it, man. I hate watching the clock on something like this because I could listen for way, way longer. Always can. Hopefully, I see you in Steamboat or, or you had. Yes, sir. I'll be there. We'll find a couch in a lobby. Uh, all right. Perfect. For hours on end. I'm going to watch all your time. So <laughs> now we'll chat soon, but I appreciate you doing this. Thanks again for adding a ton of value. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me, man. It's part of my purpose. Absolutely. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Thank you for tuning in to the GoBundance podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, here's a quick explanation of our programs. Number one, Emerge. 
a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, ascend, an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, GoBundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, GoBundance Champions, 5 million net worth and above. Number five, GoBundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.